everybody. Before we dig into today's podcast, I hope everyone is doing well. Artists, photographers, neon makers, vendors, shop owners. If you just love neon and if one day you hope to own your own sign, whoever you are, I hope you're all okay during these trying times. Number two is our merch. If you ever wanted to wear something with the intent to feature neon front and center, it's online. Hit merch on the main nav on the site and so on. And last, text us, 917-565-9616. Love to hear from the community, general thoughts, musings, and or whoever we should have on the show. Whatever it is, hit us up, and here is your podcast. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, neon, helium, xenon, krypton. Transform and roll out. Max Edmond O'Neill, I'm with Keith Schlottweiler, a photographer of all things cinema. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, so a lot of the work that I discovered online is, you know, primarily I'm focused heavily on Neon, as, as everyone knows, listening, who's been on, you know, track with what's going on uh, within the episodes that we do, but I occasionally like to shift gears, and more importantly at this time is to really sort of pay homage to not only neon, but some of its historical roots and where it sort of intersects and where it comes in at. And those are the things that I find very interesting. I love doing the focuses on neon as well, but your work or Keith's work is, you know, really photojournalistic perspective is this historic approach to documenting uh, cinemas. You know, we're talking about the classic cinemas, really all movie theaters, if you will, all across the country. Uh, and, you know, initially when I first discovered their work, it was kind of like a, a, kind of an aha moment, like, oh, I, I know this place or I know that. But after a while, I kind of was quickly kind of brought back and, and you know, we're talking about the carpet, the, the, the logos, the lights, the kind of the mysticism around the, uh, you know, engineering that went into these places. And then on top of that are these, you know, really unique signs. Um, you know, I'm carrying on here, but I just want to make sure everyone kind of knows what we're talking about and, and keeps work. Uh, what sparked this idea for this type of, uh, you know, exhibiting online? Was it, you know, a love of, of, of cinema that you had? Did somebody kind of show you a couple different places and then that kind of turned into, you know, a, a craving? Yeah, it, it was a little of both, I guess. The, the, the seed, I guess, was planted when I was very young. Um, I grew up in a very small town in Minnesota, a town no, no larger than about 2,000 people. Um, and there was a single screen uh, Art Deco Theater there. Um, it was originally, I guess I did this research, I didn't know this of course growing up, but it was originally built in the 20s. Uh, there was a fire in the 1940s and then it was rebuilt and that's the theater that I knew. Uh, and you know, I used to go there uh, a lot as a kid. I have just very sort of visceral memories uh, of going to the movies there and it was just a very, uh, I don't know how to describe it, ornate, uh, but in a, in a, in a, in a sort of a uh, Midwestern Plains kind of way. Um, there were a lot of details that just really fascinated me as a kid. And so I think that's where it sort of initially started. And even though, as I said, this, the, this town is very small, uh, there were actually two other uh, opportunities where I had to go see movies. One of those um, was at the local uh, art center. Uh, it was called the Prairie Art Center. It was basically an old church, but they would do plays there and they would also show movies uh, and I'd go there as well. And then also uh, the local public library would also do various um, screenings of like old Laurel and Hardy or Charlie Chaplin movies. So I kind of got a lot of exposure to it, uh, I guess at an early age, but I guess I consider that to be somewhat normal. I mean, people just grow up going to the movies and and that, you know, it's not that much different maybe than, than others, but 
uh, again, it was just something magical about that. I really looked forward to it. Every birthday was, you know, hey, let's go to the movies. So it was kind of always a an exciting thing to do. Um, and again, the, the the buildings themselves sort of fascinated me. But it, it kind of was latent for a long time. And then, uh, let's see, I moved to New York City a, a little over 20 years ago. And uh, there were a lot of things in between there, of course, still going to movies. But I moved, moved to New York about 20 years ago. And there, uh, I got a job that required me to do a lot of travel around the country. And it was the kind of travel that's a little bit different than what most work travel is. A lot of work travel is you get onto a plane, you fly to some city, you get a hotel there, you stay for, I don't know, a couple of days, and then you come back. My travel that I did for work was I'd fly into a city, immediately get into a rental car, drive in one direction about say a thousand miles and I would stop at all these various locations along the way <clears throat> excuse me and uh, so it afforded me an opportunity to really see a vast swath of the country one swath at a time and one of those first trips that I did uh, was actually out in Montana and someone that I worked with um, said you know I was talking to her about the fact that I'd be going out uh, out to Montana for for this work trip and she said, oh, there's a movie theater out there that you really should go check out. It's called the, the Washoe Theater in Anaconda, Montana. And she told me a little bit about it. It was built uh, in the 1930s, actually was built and then immediately had to shut down because of the uh, uh, depression. So in other words, it didn't, it didn't actually open right away, even though it was completed uh, until several years later. Um, but the um, uh, Smithsonian ranks it as one of the, the 10 most beautiful theaters in the world. So I was like, okay, I definitely need to check that out. Yeah. And so when I went there, uh, you know, I was just kind of blown away. It very uh, aesthetically, it very much tied back into that old theater that I grew up in, going to as a kid, um, but in slightly bigger, more, uh, uh, I don't know, ornate kind of, kind of way. Um, but it just kind of, that's the thing that really set it on fire. And I was like, well, what are the theaters around uh, on this journey? And then I would look them up and, and kind of map them out based on where I was already going to be uh, for work. Because as I mentioned, I would go to a particular city, uh, uh, do what I was doing for work there, and then I would continue on to the next city. And in that journey between cities is where I would kind of scope out what theaters were in between. And that's really where it started. And then it just kind of blew up from there, I guess. Um, and also, I think like the, um, you know, when we think about the movie theaters now, it's such a stark contrast to what those ultimately stood for. You know, we think of the idea of exhibiting, uh, you know, films and it kind of results in a kind of, a, you know, now we think of it, you know, you sit around and you watch Netflix, which is wild. But in the right. 20s and 50s, these were real Hollywood experiences taken to, you know, the larger cities and, and we're talking about ornate palaces for like Warner Brothers and RKO and MGM and your, you know, metal frames and the marquees and the channel lettering that has these uniform, you know, uh, elements to them, even the tight fonts and the faces, the vertical signs. Uh, these are really meant to wow you. And I think the, yeah. you know, we talk about all these gushing moments, but yeah. a lot of times now you photo, you photo things that aren't necessarily all that in great shape too. Like it's not just all, you know, beautiful gilded plaster work lining with, you know, chandeliers and this stuff. It's, you know, showing the versions of themselves now where I think it's unique, you know, you're not just showing the glossy ones, the nicest ones, which is kind of what Instagram can be. It kind of be this like kind of curated uh, slideshow approach, but I like that, you know, there are other parts of the story, you know, I think 
you know, was that on yeah. purpose or did you have a moment where you're like, oh, I've got to show everything? No, I, I, I just really do take in everything. I just, because, you know, say the popcorn machine, you know, if it's a vintage popcorn machine, I'm like, wow, look at that. You know, that that's really cool. That I got to photograph that. Uh, I guess the other part of it too, though, is that, uh, especially, you know, given the amount of time that I've been doing this, I think I've been doing it in earnest for about 12 years now. Um, I realize that a lot of these places, some including ones that I visited, are now no longer in existence. Um, you know, they've been torn down. Some of them have been, you know, there were fires or other uh, instances where they're turned into, you know, some other commercial venture. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm very aware that they're not going to be around forever. And so part of it is to just sort of, you know, catalog these as they exist when I find them, just as some sort of historical record. Um, so yeah, any, any aspect of it, I'll be drawn to, uh, I prefer them obviously in their original condition, but, you know, I'll also photograph the, the local, um, Cineplex as well, because I found sometimes some really surprising things there too. You may think of it, think of these kinds of theaters as more or less boxes, but you can be surprised, or I have been surprised when I've gone into some of them and found some detail that's just completely unique to that theater and you can't find that anywhere else. And that's what's really cool is that, you know, like you said, is there certain elements to that? You know, you'll go to like, you'll go to drive-ins too. So it's not just relegated to, you know, movie palaces. I think what's unique is just the different versions. Like you said, is a, a really small place in like North Bend, Washington, where it's like North Bend Theater, really beautiful kind of vertical neon, uh, really, you know, wonderful colors, you know, you've got kind of the blue mixed with the red and then the white, you know, typeface that's really classic. Um, and then you'll skip over to like the Marion Theater in Ocala, Florida, which is just, you know, really art deco-y and, and, and really glamour, you know, they got the flowers out in the front. What mm -hmm. really struck me though was a, a picture by the Grand Theater though, Fort Worth, Texas, which is just this kind of, on one side, all the, you know, all the, all the fixtures is all kind of removed. Um, the brick is kind of two-tone, but it's been also kind of pulled back. And it really has lost a lot of its former glory, but in a lot of ways it's retained its character with the sign yeah. still being on top, yeah. labeled brand. You can almost imagine the whole thing lit up. And that's what's really cool is that, you know, you're showing the so the history and, you know, um, the, the empty parking lots of like the Northtown Cinema in Milwaukee. Uh, everything's boarded up in front, but there's this sign that just – it just wants to be, you know, turned on, you know, you can see the, you know, the Art Nuevo and the ancient Egyptian styles all the way lined up, like you said, the Art Deco. Um, these were not just utilitarian spaces, you know, for multiple purposes, they were used for, you know, an escape, almost like, you know, you can imagine, you know, the 30s coming up and people were, you know, really the, the, the Great Depression, if you will, and people are having difficult lives, you know, it's almost like the reason why we do enjoy cinema is because, you yeah. know, it takes us to a different place. We can watch what it's like to be on superstar screen, we can almost mm -hmm. imagine ourselves living those lives or appearing to actually understand them. And I think, you know, those places really were able to, uh, to give a certain impression, you know, and it's interesting that even though they're not open, um, you know, I can imagine it almost feels like it's more alive almost like there's almost still people yeah. inside, you know. Yeah, I, I often wonder about the people that have passed through the doors of the theaters that I, that I photograph and, and the kinds of experiences they had, whether it was the first date kind of thing, or whether they went to, you know, together with their family or friends or whatever it is, and just all the all the things that have happened there. And it's it, it, in that space, it kind of is easier to imagine and it just kind of 
I was going to say, do people reach out to you about that? Like, do they like, you know, uh, message you and say, Hey, like I went to that place as a kid or like, do you ever hear from that? Old signs do that a lot. And that's kind of why it crosses over is that, you know, uh, sign historians, there's a lot of loss of certain signs and they're kind of going away. That's why I find this so unique is because the same thing can be said about cinemas sometimes, um, you know, saving them and doing kind of those things. You hear kind words come out and be like, I think I'm so glad you took that photo because I haven't seen it in like 20 years or whatever. Yeah, no, I do get that occasionally, um, and that that's really rewarding. Just because you know, I I connect with that. That makes me feel really good. It's it's uh, the ability to connect someone to, to some memory that they had of that place. It makes it it makes it more meaningful for me. Yeah, and they appear incredibly important. Like you said, is that I think we can learn from that too. You know, it it kind of marks the beginning of something else. You know, where we talked a little bit about the, the kind of the redistribution of of uh, architecture, you know, these experiences now, um, a lot of them are being turned into to other places as well, kind of living on, if you will, they might change parts of the signage or uh, kind of re, you know, kind of like I said, reimagine them. There's one, uh, the Long Island University, which is in, uh, you know, a, a iconic uh, cinema, you know, it's now used as a gymnasium. <laughs> so yeah. these are, these are kind of glimpses into the modern world, but I think, you know, there are other ways to you know, use them, not just to demolish them or, or have to completely renovate them at the same time, right? You know, I'll, I'll mention it because you mentioned the Grand Theater, the one in, in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, that That is actually, or at least it was, I, I, it was a few years ago since I photographed it, so I'm not sure of its current status, but at the time I photographed it, it was a church. And I have found, you know, a lot of theaters have been turned into churches because the space sort of fits well uh, for that kind of, uh, for that kind of use. Um, but I've also found that churches tend to take pretty good care of these theaters, to be honest. They, they uh, don't destroy it for the most part. Now, this isn't across the board, but most of them do ten- tend to take pretty good care of the, uh, the historical architectural elements. And that's something I'm really appreciative of. Yeah, and there's a sophistication, too. I think, like you said, it's, 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 it's not only is it unique, but a lot of the times you can't recreate those, those signs. And even those structures now... I mean, largely, there's a, a kind of a sign law that if, you know, if it's a certain sign over a certain age and it wasn't built at a certain point, you know, then you have to take it down, uh, especially when someone takes over the building and they find out that it's, it's not, you know, basically not grandfathered in. And uh, it's a shame that we don't have, you know, a lot more left of that era. You know, I think there's so much that we could do with that type of material. But it, it's great that, you know, you have all these photos. Um, one of the things that I think really impacts people the most is that it's really a part of our history like within not only just neon but uh the stark contrast to i guess you could say a lot of the the large multiplexes today you know where they were once you know kind of elegant places now it's just you know how much can we cram in you know to a space and and, you know purposely so but i think people are recognizing the importance of cinema more now i think temporarily with the shutdown because of covid19 with the pandemic um, what do you think now when you look, you know, at these cinemas and especially now that you can't really go see a movie in a lot of places in the country? Yeah, the, the future is a little unclear right now, which is a little sad to say. I, I, I see these these currently operating theaters kind of struggling to hang in there and they're doing a lot of unique things to do that, whether they're, you know, doing drive up popcorn sales or they're renting out spaces to to, to groups so that they're, you know, the COVID um, element is reduced. Uh uh, all those kinds of things. And I it just, it's kind of heartbreaking, but also uplifting at the same time to see that they're, you know, coming up with just creative ways to stay afloat for, for the time being. Um, the other thing right now that I've seen is, as I'm sure most 
people have, it's kind of just out there is that, you know, drive-ins are making a comeback, uh, which is really cool. And I, uh, I just wish there was a drive-in near me and I wish I actually owned a car, but living in New York city, I don't. So, uh, I can't, actually, I can't go to one, but, um, or not easily anyway. Um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that that you kind of the demise of the the you know this standardized studio system, the changes of how people have now lived their lives now result in a, a higher influx of people driving their car up and being you know confined into a space. Now it's it's feasible, and not only that, it's it's attractive. It's so interesting how that whole <laughs> kind of emptiness at one point was like, why would I ever do something like that? Is now yeah. you know attractive <laughs> well i see all the time when i'm looking at other photos that i see on on instagram or other places of these people who say first time at a drive-in and they'll they'll post some photo and i'm first like like wow you've really been missing out but then you just the just the idea that they've been exposed to this and they're having so much fun and they're discovering this new uh uh activity and 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 it's just they're having a great time it's just it's it puts a smile on my face i think it's great yeah, and it's often overlooked. I think there's a lot of popular businesses now that wouldn't necessarily be exposed to, you know, to success that they've had because, you know, people are usually grown on one particular way of doing things. And if you know anything about humans, it's they, they hate change. So typically this kind of resulting pattern of like people getting, like you said, is like, oh, this is what people used to do. They used to kind of go and, you know, typically, you know, roll up into uh, in an area and often, Oftentimes, you know, this is what you did on a Friday night. So it's, it is cool. It's rapidly also helping, I think, old movies and, you know, preserving certain, you know, like you said, that those, those places were, were kind of dwindling as they were now. So it's going to be interesting to see, is there a rapid spread? Will they continue to practice? And, you know, I hope so. I hope the growth is, is going to maintain yeah. even if, you know, say COVID goes away. Um, you know, where are you working on things specifically right now? Are there certain projects that you have in mind for the cinema that, you know, are you, are you still well, making the same schedule? Uh, you know, New York, New York city was hit early on by the COVID, uh, by COVID and, and so, you know, things kind of shut down here in early to mid March. And so I've actually been spending about the last six months, I just finished this project uh, about a week ago where I've been using the Cinema Treasures website, which by the way, I'm not associated with the cinematreasures.org website that I have nothing to do with that. I should clarify that. Um, but I've been going, I use that website a lot. They're fantastic. It's basically a crowdsourced uh, resource for all sorts of movie theaters, whether they're those that have been demolished years ago or they existed for you know just a couple years in the 1920s and they've been gone all this time, uh, they're still in many cases documented there. So I've been going through that 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 tool, that resource to identify all of the theaters in the United States where the building that was once a formative theater or perhaps a current theater is still standing in in any form. And I've been documenting those, trying to essentially. Uh, draw out a map for where they are so that when things do open up, I can just kind of open the floodgates and start, you know, getting out there and, and seeing more of these. And, uh, you know, the, uh, this isn't terribly that, that big of a surprise to me, but I've, one of the things about that experience that, that uh, I guess has surprised me a little bit is that every single state, every single place in this country has so many interesting theaters that are still around and that just, begged to be gone to and photographed or, you know, uh, uh, you know, patronized. It's, it's just, it's just amazing to me how many are still out there, uh, even though so many don't, don't exist anymore. And I think that's the beauty. We talked a little bit about this on the show quite often as it'll come up is like, you know, the power of the internet has now allowed us to communicate and really bring, cause I think, that, you know, we, we've always had 
you know, a core group of people in Neon who've always loved it and, and, and wanted people to be exposed to it. But more importantly, now there's a collective means behind it. You, know, you can get your message out there. You know, you, we all have a voice online and, you know, you can use it for good or bad, but the ability to help convey what you love and what you like to do is really limitless. I mean, we've never been in an era where we now have our ability to just click a button and publish what we, what we like to sh- to do on a daily basis. And so yeah. I think that's such a huge importance to be able to recognize not only what you can do with uh, you know, social media or the internet, but you know, allow yourself to, you know, to go out there and you know, create what you like. You know, if that's what you like to do, you can easily find other people that like it too. So it's fun that you mentioned the website, not only that, but I think every day I see something new online and it's similar to what I was just exposed to when I mentioned your work was just, the recognition and the time it took to go out and, you know, take all those different shots, you know, one in particular that I love a lot. And I want to mention is the state theater in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, which is this great shot of the road being plowed up, you know, and they were obviously working on it, but it's, it's so beautiful to see it behind, you know, this, this layer of construction that's going to happen, but you caught it at a moment where there was no physical road. And it's so unique that it almost looks like it's being built. It's so strange. Like, you know, how you, are able to photograph different things and, and, you know, get your message across. And I think that's great. So I want to laud you for doing all those different types of shots, the interior, exterior, all that. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I recommend everybody to go check out Keith's work. Uh, that said, find your work on Instagram. You mentioned the website. Um, any other places we can be able to check out your, your, your photos? No, again, just on the Instagram site, I'm not associated with the website, but uh, on Instagram, it's just Cinema Treasures, and um, that's primarily where I where I put it out. Cool. I'll put, we'll put links in the show notes. Uh, please, everyone listening, go check out Keith's photos, uh, Cinema Treasures. Really a lot of fun stuff on, on the Instagram, and uh, I'm really happy to have you on the show. Can't wait to see what type of work you put out next. Great. Thank you so much. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening.